Hello, hello. Today on the podcast, I have a strategy session to share with you. Now, strategy sessions, if you are new here, are one-on-one sessions that I hold with my Freelance Accelerator students. And we do these quarterly and I hop on a call to help them one-on-one with any and everything they are stuck on in their freelance career. And today I am chatting with Vanessa Dawson, We cover so much in our session. You guys, I typically schedule these for 30 minutes and we just went longer because I think even around 30, 35, 40 minutes, I was like, okay, we have a few minutes left. And we just kept talking because there were so many things that I wanted to help Vanessa with so that she can see massive success in her freelance career. We go through a ton of things like if you're not hearing back from emails you're sending out to brands, I talk specifically about strategies that you want to implement to make sure that you hear back. And we go through one of Vanessa's emails and we dissect it sort of line for line to talk about changes that she can make to make sure that she hears back. But beyond that, Vanessa was having a problem in that she was sending a lot of her emails to the generic company company email address, something like info at or hello at. And so I shared with her, um, which I do share inside of my Freelance Accelerator course, but she had missed it. So we talked specifically about the one single tool that you can use to easily find people's email addresses, um, to make sure that you're reaching out to the right person at the company to make sure that you get a reply. All right, beyond that, kind of more towards the second half of the interview, we dive into pricing. Um, Now, Vanessa does have one client, and we talk very extensively about this. She sees it, and I see it as well, as a great learning opportunity for her first client. Um, she's new to the industry. She's, as she refers to herself, a mature student. Um, she's 50 years old, and she's changing careers. And so her first client she took on at a fairly low rate, which is fine, um, but we talk about how she can change that rate going forward and why she really, really should. Um, so if you are struggling with your rate, if you're not sure where to charge or you're feeling like, am I charging enough or is my rate too low? We talk about specific numbers. I think you guys are going to find these insights really, really valuable. Um, and then beyond that, we talk about finding clients. So we talk about where she can potentially find brands to reach out to. And we also touch on some Upwork strategies because unlike maybe six months even, a year ago, I was not a fan of Upwork. Um, Well, by the time this airs, I'm recording it a little bit in advance. By the time this airs, it'll be probably about a year ago. And prior to that, I was really not a fan of Upwork. And I have really changed my tune on that because a lot of our freelance accelerator students are seeing massive success on Upwork. And so we talk about some strategies that she can use on Upwork, how she can present herself in her profile and how she can pitch to clients there to get some work, um, get some more work. So... So many things we cover in the strategy session. I know you guys are going to love this. Um, If you are curious about Freelance Accelerator or if you are stuck in your freelance career and you want to have the opportunity to get on a strategy session with me, it is exclusively available to my Freelance Accelerator students. We open the program a few times a year and the best way to find out about that is by making sure you are on the email list. Head on over to SoHeidi.com slash freelance. I will kickstart you off with my best free resources on freelancing so you can dig in and start making some 
progress right away. And then when Freelance Accelerator opens, we will share that with you. And if it's right for you, that's great. And if it's not right for you, that's fine too. But we would love to let you know about it and see if it's a good fit. So soheidi.com slash freelance. The link is in the show notes if you want to hop on the email list and hear about that as well as get tons of free resources. Um, beyond that, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure that you subscribe and uh, just hit that little subscribe button inside Apple Podcasts so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And now let's jump into the strategy session with Vanessa. Here we go. Welcome, Vanessa, to your strategy session. Um, why don't you start okay. by giving, I have an idea of what you do um, mm. and, and what you're trying to do in your fashion uh, freelance fashion career. So why don't you give a quick introduction and overview of sort of where you are, who you are, and what's going on. Okay. Um, so I'm changing career. I've uh, been in technology for all of my career, so I'm a mature student currently. Um, and uh, I'm coming towards the end of my studies, and I'm freelancing for one customer currently. I'd like to expand that out to more, but for that customer, I'm doing uh, pattern making for her startup brand. I'm also doing um, some surface pattern designs. So uh, both of those things are things that I really enjoy doing and would like to do more of. Um, so yeah, hence hence being on the course to try and expand my, my customer base. Okay, gotcha. So when you say pattern making, like you're actually drafting the patterns for the clothes? Correct, yes, that's okay. right. And then Aside from that, which is quite different, surface pattern design, meaning designing the textiles or, or surf, whatever they might be going on in, in fashion. Typically, it's often textiles, but it can be any surface. Yes. Okay, but like repeating but, patterns. That's right, yes. Okay, gotcha. Exactly. Okay, and so um, you seem to be stuck at a couple places, and so I um, we can get through all of it for sure, but... Um, where do you want to start with? Because I know uh, you have commented a couple things. Um, well, first, you, you're stuck on getting responses to your customer research outreach, That's and so right. we can dig through that. Um, yeah. But then you also put a couple things in your questionnaire that I wanted to talk about as well. Um, you feel like your age might be working against you. Um, and mm -hmm. then you also have some comments about um, doing some video content to boost your portfolio. And so I'm curious about that. Um, so where do you, where do you think it makes the most sense to start? Um, well, I suppose, uh, the, the age one might be an easy one to, to, uh, tackle, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm 50. Okay. Um, I don't feel like I am, but unfortunately <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, I, I, I think I mentioned in my questionnaire that, uh, when I read job advertisements, it's always calling for, um, attributes that I would typically um, make, you know, associate with a younger person. Sure. Um, I, I don't lack enthusiasm. I don't lack dynamism, but it, it's worded in such a way that it, it, it's clearly aimed at a, a young graduate um, and not somebody of, of my age group, I think. Uh, I hope it's my perception, but it feels like that that's the that's what they want. They want somebody who's keen and young and um, ready to just do anything that's asked of them. Um, whereas perhaps what I'm looking for is is um, 
somewhere that wants my experience. Yeah. Um, and I don't see that many jobs um, advertised in, in that way. But what... Um... So, you know, 98.98, percent of the time as a freelancer, you, you're not going to find work from job postings. It's about reaching out and connecting with the brands and whether that's through LinkedIn, whether that's through email. Um, I know you like to do stuff on the phone, it sounds like. That's fine as well. Uh, but it's not through job postings. Um, and I don't disagree that arguably a lot of those are going to maybe lean towards, you know, wanting someone. Um, and, you know, I, I imagine it's the same in the UK as it is here in the US. They're, you know, they're not allowed to discriminate based on age, but it does happen, right? Um, yes. And so I guess I'm a little stuck on... Um, why I'm looking at job adverts. Yeah, to put it bluntly, yeah, you yeah. just said it. Yeah, and I guess it's um, just, I, I suppose it was a thought that I wanted to um, perhaps get some experience working in a company in in the fashion industry um, before I start freelancing because it's completely different to what I did before. Uh-huh. So my thought was, well, maybe that's a way to do it, to have something on my CV that um, is is tangible, is real, that I can say to a freelancer, I've worked for whatever company, um, you know, does, does that help? You know, does it help to have a, a permanent position, even if it's a part-time one and I could freelance in the background? I think that's um, going to be actually it's, it's, like an uphill battle. Right. Because, um, first of all, getting a part-time job in fashion is near impossible. Right. Um, So so most of the opportunities are full-time. And then getting a job – so then getting a job without a ton of experience – and then, again, no offense, but they're going to see your age at some point or another when they're going to see you in person, they're going to see you on Zoom, and -hmm. they're probably going to make a judgment – um, yes. illegally, but they're, it's going to happen. And yes. so, right. That job's going to go to someone who's 22, 25, maybe 30 or whatever. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I think that that is actually a really, really hard route. And I think that you're just going to spin your wheels. Alternatively, right. um, you are already working for this brand doing pattern making and, and you're doing pattern making and surface design for them. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so you're already ha- you're already getting some experience, whether it's full time or like with some big brand. I don't. It doesn't really matter because where I see you having a lot of trajectory is, and I don't know what kind of brand is it. Is it a startup brand? Is it an established brand? Who? It it's a startup. Okay, startup. totally yeah. fine. Yeah. So where I see you having the opportunity to get more experience, and this might not be your long-term dream, or it might be, um, but I, I think this is going to be your path of least resistance, is to get some, um, and I'm going to you know, we can talk about this. I don't know um, if you had to choose one, would it be pattern making or would it be surface design? But I'll tell you right now, it's going to be easier to get work in pattern making. Okay. It's a higher demand skill. Less people have it. It's much less competitive. Right. Um, 
it's a lot easier to learn how to create repeating patterns. Right. I mean, okay. someone can like watch some YouTube videos or take a course and like done and done. But pattern yes. making is a lot more technical. It requires a lot more um, just like trial and error and finesse to refine your skills. And so mm-hmm. it's just, it's more in demand because there's less people that do it. You're also going to be able to charge mm-hmm. more than you can for surface design. Anytime you yeah. have, typically as a rule of thumb, anytime you have um, a design skill, which I'm just going to blanket label as something like artistic, you're creating something like visually artistic um, mm-hmm. and it's very subjective and like, you know, it, it's not really wrong or right versus a mm. technical skill, um, which is a little more objective. I mean, arguably pattern making is not objective, but um, mm-hmm. uh, technical skill where it is kind of more wrong or right. Either it fits or it doesn't fit. <laughs> um, yes, yes, I mean, exactly, there's still yeah. like room for, for, you know, creativity and like, oh, where you think, you know, certain lines should be shortened or lengthened or different measurements. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's, it's less of like an artistic creative skill that, that people can jump into very quickly. Um, so that's what I'll say for a blanket statement. Um, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And so where I think you have a lot of opportunity for trajectory is to, and again, I don't know if this is where you want to go in the long term, but I think this is where you could start off getting a little bit more experience to kickstart, is Mm -hmm. to get more pattern-making clients that are smaller brands and or startups, okay? Because they're not going to ask to see your resume. They do not care about that. And honestly, in freelancing, um, when you go the route of like pitching and building your your contacts and, and outreach that way, people don't ask to see your resume. If you're applying for mm. jobs, they're going to want to see your resume. And that's where you're just going to have this uphill battle. So yeah. kill the job stuff. Focus on, um, for some quick wins, I would focus on pattern making with smaller startup brands. Now, for some extra quick wins, um, and I just added some new content to Fast about this, um, so I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it, but for some smaller quick wins, or for some um, even more quick wins, you could check out Upwork. I used to not support (laughs) Upwork, and I I heard you made a little noise there. Mm, I did. <laughs> okay, and listen, I'm telling you that's the same exact noise that I used to make. Uh-huh. And we have multiple students at varying stages in their career who are doing phenomenal on Upwork and who are getting very comfortable rates, 60 to $100 an hour. Um, wow. Yeah, like working with that's- legit clients. Um, mm. There's junk on there. I won't lie. Yes. You just, yes. you're, what's going to happen is um, you can often tell. You're smart, I can tell, and you are thorough, and you you know how to kind of read through stuff. So you, I think you'll mm-hmm. be able to tell through the job postings what feels like it could be legit and what feels like, mm, this is someone that wants something done for $5. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um so that can be an even quicker win because the opportunity is right there. They're actually looking for someone, you know, as opposed to pitching. You're kind of like going out there blind. Now, there is still a lot of growth opportunity in pitching, and you can land some great clients. 
Um, so you could choose, but if you want to kickstart getting that direct experience, which might make you feel more confident, might give you some extra stuff in your portfolio, might just give you a more diverse range of experience, um, and, and different types of clients, like different clothing to work with, different types of products, that I think could be a really, really great route for you. Yes. Yeah. I have dabbled with Upwork um, and I've I've invested a, a reasonable amount of time in applying for mm-hmm. um, some some uh, freelance work on Upwork. OK. Um, but without any success whatsoever, um, not even a, 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 you know, a, an acknowledgement, nothing. Okay. Um, so so I, I've. That's why I made the noise because okay. <laughs> I haven't had an entirely <laughs> successful experience there. So um, when did you do that? Like, was it before uh, or after fast? Oh, before. Okay. So what I want you to do, because um, I literally yesterday interviewed a woman named Lucia, um, mm-hmm. who's also one of our students, and she's doing really well. She actually is a textile designer, and she okay. was applying and applying and applying on Upwork for six months and she didn't get anything. She joined Mm -hmm. fast. She took the strategies from the course, applied them to her Upwork pitches, and within three weeks had landed like two or three projects. So so there is some finesse to this, okay? So I want you to think about... um, and, and, And if you watch the video specifically... Um, on how to get started without experience that I just yeah. added maybe six or eight weeks ago, I think. Yeah. That video will help you tremendously with applying for Upwork. So I really want you to give it another chance using okay. the strategies from the course. Okay. Um, here's the okay. other thing I want to ask. Mm-hmm. How niche are you being with your pattern making and or your surface design, but I, I'm, I'm going to kind of lean this towards pattern making because I think you have a lot more potential to grow quickly there. Sure. Yeah. Um, I th- and I think you're right uh, that the, the surface pattern design is, is something I, I do more for enjoyment than okay. I do as a, Perfect. A, a, a job. So let's put that um, on the side and you can build that at some point, but let's focus on the pattern making now. Yes, exactly. Um, so um, I, I've, I've, uh, well, I think it was it was module one um, to to try and refine what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm right, yep. Um, so I did that. Um, so women's wear specifically. Okay. Uh, and the, the brand that I'm working on is specifically women who are uh, slightly older, okay. so not in their twenties. Okay. Um, so it's it, it. I don't do things like um, fitness clothing or swimming gotcha. costumes or anything like that. So gotcha. it's purely just. Things like trousers, skirts, dresses, jackets, whatever. Okay. Women's wear. Okay. Yeah. I love that. So you are very niche. I love that. Yeah. Um, so take a look to see what you can find and and whether that be on Upwork or whether that be pitching um, or outreaching, reaching out to brands directly. I know you're still in the customer service stage and, and we can talk about a little bit of that and how, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want you to spin your wheels there forever, even though I, I do push that pretty heavily in the course. Um, I'll talk about some things you can maybe do to jump past that. Um, I love that niche. So continue on that path. Um, make sure that's clear in your outreach, whether it's your customer service or your pitch. 
Because um, right. I'm reading through, you sent me some of your outreach emails, mm. and I don't read that in your emails. No, it's not there. No. Yeah. I, I think I think what I did was uh, I've picked up on the bit, um, and I may have confused this um, a, a little, I don't know. Uh, I picked up on the bit where I think you said you're not offering your services at this stage. You're you're doing research. Correct. So um, I I focused my my um, statements on being a student rather than being a freelancer because I did I did mention I think in some of them that I'm a freelancer, but yeah, I've I've done it from a student perspective. Right. And I think that that's totally fine, but I think, um, like, I'll be honest, I was reading this email that you sent to someone for customer outreach, and, and you said your other emails are quite similar and you haven't been getting replies, and I, I personally, and I already knew a little bit about you, and I was still kind of lost Okay. on, like, what is this about really? Um, so I'll tell you a couple things. Okay. So when I first got the email from you, so you sent me an email with a, with a bunch of things, with more details for our strategy session. And some of that yes. included copy and paste emails that you have been sending out to brands that you've not been getting replies from. So yeah. I looked at one of those emails and I scan, I put myself in the shoes of a brand mm-hmm. and I, I scanned it and I felt a little bit like I was confused and I was also a little bit overwhelmed to be blunt. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so I'll read, I'll read through one right here. So mm-hmm. it says, hello. Um, I have only just found your brand and I absolutely love it. So I've been, yes. what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through it and then we'll go back and kind of dissect it. Um, yep. Hi, I've only just found your brand and I absolutely love it. The reason for contacting you is that I'm researching sustainability in the fashion industry. I'm a mature fashion student, finally changing my career, hopefully, and studying what I've always loved doing, pattern making and print design. Having come from a technical background, I'm staying slightly in my comfort zone and I'm looking at the use of technology such as Adobe Illustrator or Clo3D in the design and development process. I'm keen to learn what methods you use and your opinion of technology and fashion. Does it have a place? Does it reduce the need for so many physical prototype iterations? Does it kill creativity? Would you be willing to assist me with my research? I'd like to understand more about your processes, which would really help with my studies and my understanding of the industry. I have opinions on this subject, but I'd really like to get a view of the brand and the practice. Would you be willing to have a quick call? I promise not to take up much of your time. I'd be really grateful for your input if you have time. If not, I'll still buy your clothes. I need the Scarborough T-shirt. That's cute. I really like how you ended it. Um, <laughs> it, it adds a nice personality. But here's I really what I'll do say. like that T-shirt as well. I, I it's know. really cute. Um, <laughs> so let's let's dig in a little bit deeper to this email because I I think I'm I'm so confident that the root of the problem is in these is in the content of the emails and we can change a few things and really start getting you some responses. So first Mm -hmm. we say, um, we start out with, I have only just found your brand and I absolutely love it. This Mm -hmm. is so generic. This could be sent to anybody. So you want to be really, and you have a little specific line at the end. If not, I'll still buy your clothes. I need the Scarborough t-shirt. My concern is they're not even getting to the end of the email. Okay. Okay. So we need to put something really specific at the very top. You can leave that line at the end because we're going to cut a lot of the content in the email um, so that they actually do get to the end. Um, Mm -hmm. 
But we need to be really specific right off the bat so that the instant they open this, they think, oh, yeah, this is about my brand. And this right. email was exactly meant for me. Um, because otherwise, <clears throat> it starts to feel like a generic copy and paste, which is awful and nobody likes getting and they just wind up deleting. I mean, I get a million all the time. I get think people wanting to post guest blog posts and I get people wanting to pitch to be on the podcast and it's copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And I can tell it in one second and it yeah. goes right in the trash. Okay. So we need to be hyper specific in that first um, w- one to three sentences to really tell them that this is directly for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next paragraph we have um, the reason I'm contacting you is for that I'm researching sustainability in the fashion industry. So I think that's where mm-hmm. I got a little thrown off. I'm like, okay, so you're doing pattern making. Um, but researching, so I was like, okay, uh, what is what exactly is sustainability in the fashion industry? It's a very, very broad statement. So that might that yeah. sentence might be fine. Um, and then you go into, I'm a mature fashion student, finally making a career change. What is choosing you to use the word mature when you're previously telling me that you feel like you're being you might have be having trouble because of your age? Mm. Yeah, see a point. <laughs> you're like doing it to yourself. Uh, yeah, pro- yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I suppose it's just to preempt any um, any surprise moments that uh, down the line, if I, if I am dealing with them, then they go, "Oh, I thought you were 25." Well, it doesn't matter though. If you no. if you present yourself as someone who is professional and excited and um, and driven and all the great things, you doesn't know what? what? Doesn't matter. And if you ultimately wind up getting on a phone, I can't tell from your voice that you're 50. Or if we get on a Zoom call, maybe I can, maybe I can't tell from what you look like. But at that point, it doesn't matter. You've already made the connection with them. So you're actually, I think what's happening is your age is like really stuck in your head. And then it's bleeding out in places like unintentionally, but it's like so ingrained in your head that you're actually like doing it to yourself. So I want you to be probably right. Yeah. I want you to be really mindful of your words. Um, and so then, uh, uh, I'm a mature fashion student, finally changing career, hopefully, and studying what I've always loved doing pattern making and print design. So I think this too is where I got thrown off because to be honest with you, I, um, when I was reading through all of your stuff and I, I confirmed, or I clarified with this, this with you at the beginning of the call, I thought, Okay, so she's a student, she's learning, so is she using the term pattern making? Because some people who are newer will use the term pattern making, not to mean actually making patterns for clothes to be sewn, cut and sewn, but pattern mm-hmm. making as in they're making repeating patterns. So okay. I was like, okay, because then you're also saying I'm doing print design. So I thought, mm-hmm. okay, well, does she mean she's making repeating patterns and then also print design as in um, placed prints, like graphics that are not repeating, but they're just placed. So there was some confusion there. And these right. two things are so different, a pattern mm-hmm. maker versus, let's just say, a textile designer, very different. Yeah. So I yes, think you yes. need to kill the print design thing and um, and just focus on pattern making. Um, right, okay. And then you, you go into um, having come from a technical background, I'm staying slightly in my comfort zone and looking at the use of technology such as 
it's just it's a lot of detail. It's a lot of that, all that. I mean, I think from from this whole sentence, I'm a mature fashion student, finally changing careers, hopefully, and studying what I've always loved doing: pattern making and print design. Having come from a technical background, I'm staying slightly in my comfort zone and looking at the process of using technology such as Illustrator and close 3D in the design development process. Like it just is starting to feel very laborious for me to like get through all of this. <laughs> it's an essay, really, isn't it? Rather than a, a it quick is. Intro. It is an essay. I want. <laughs> One sentence about you. Right. So you, right. I, I want you to work on one concise sentence that is very clear and just easy to read. I can scan through it and I'm like, cool. So, so, so if I was to say something like, um, I am studying, my, my uh, intent is to focus on pattern making and I'm looking at the, the role it plays in sustainability in fashion. Yes, beautiful. Done. Right. Got you. Simple got as that. You. Okay. And yeah. then let's not go into details such as Illustrator and Clothe 3D. Like it just, it gets to be too much. And I'm like, and, and honestly, when I was reading this the first time, I was like, I'm done. I, I'm like, delete. <laughs> it over three days. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay. and, and, and I'm here reading it as someone, as your, your coach and your mentor. Yeah. And it still felt laborious for me. So now you want, right. we're trying to oblige someone who has no, no allegiance to you to read it. Yes. It's, we're yes. asking a lot. That's, um, yeah, fair, fair okay. comment. Totally. I, I take that on. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we dive into, I'm keen to learn what methods you use in your opinion of technology and fashion. Um, which I think is fine, but then you go into, does it have a place? Does it reduce the lead, need for so many physical prototype iterations? Does it kill the creativity? And I don't think we need to include all these questions. It's like, okay. it just feels like for me as, as a, as a brand, um, thinking, oh, do I want to talk to this person or not? It just starts to feel like, oh, this is going to be a lot of work. Delete. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. want to make it feel really light and easy for them. Um, and, and we haven't done that. So then I think um, we dive into the next paragraph, which is, would you be willing to assist me with my research? Now, this is going to sound very um, nitpicky, but mm-hmm. you're now, just the wording of this sentence is, is, is going to, I think, can kill your opportunity. Would you be okay. willing to assist me with my research? So it's very one-sided with you. And I know that this is, you're asking for a phone call that's going to assist you, but it's just Uh in the wording. So make it about them. You could try to make it about them. Further below, you ask again, would you be willing to have a quick phone call? That alone, that's a neutral sentence. It's not about you. It's not about them, but it is so, it comes, the tone comes off so much more yeah, okay, I can hop on the phone for a quick minute. Then would you be willing to assist me with my research? In my head, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, what does she want? It, this sounds like it could be a lot of work. i got to right. assist her with her research. Um, versus, would you, yes. yeah, versus would you be willing to have a quick 10-minute phone call? Got you. That yeah. feels okay. so much easier. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can squeeze in 10 minutes. I like this girl. She sounds fun and driven. Um, mm-hmm. So... So some of this is so minute, um, no, that's fair but comment. really can can change how the recipient perceives this and whether or not they're going to reply. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said, I'd like to understand more about your processes, which would really help me with my studies and my understanding of the industry. I have opinions on this subject, but I'd really like to get the view 
of a brand in practice. And again, I just I think we're going into way too much detail. Um, yeah. I think you could just be as simple as. Um, I mean, up here you say, you know, I'm keen to learn what methods you use in your opinion on technology and fashion. I think we could take that one sentence. Um, mm-hmm. I think we might want to change around. I'm keen to learn what methods you use because that people might feel a little bit like, is that intrusive? Are they trying to get my secrets just because people are mm-hmm. weird like that in fashion? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe more to like, I'm curious about. Um, your your use and your opinion of technology and fashion and how it can uh, speed up the you know maybe how it can reduce prototypes and iterations or something like that um, yeah. and I think that that's enough. Yeah. Would you be willing to sh- have a quick phone call? I promise not to take up too much of your time. I'd be really grateful. If not, I'll still buy your clothes. I need the Scarborough T-shirt. Super cute kill all this other stuff I'd like to understand more about your process would you be willing to help me like it's just it's too much too much too much um and you're kind of you're saying the same thing over and over just in different just with more detail so we want to like minimize that because people are busy and and they just they don't read they're they just scan so, like, make it so easy for them to just scan and then within two seconds decide, oh, yeah, a quick phone call to talk about technology. Like, that's kind of interesting. And it can just depend on, like, the person, right? If they're interested in this stuff, they might be, yeah. Or if you hit them on a, on a good day. I mean, I've gotten emails from students who are like, oh, I'm doing, like, my senior research project and, you know, they want me to – uh, one of my assignments is to talk to you know someone in the industry and I really admire you and what you do. Would you be willing – and I've I've done the calls and I've not done the calls and it really just can depend on like when you when I get the email if it hits me and yes. I'm like in the right mood, you know. So some of it's just a little bit of luck of the draw. But if we get this email really minimized, really simple, I think you're going to see tremendous um, improvement. Right. Okay. How does that uh, feel? That that sound, that makes total sense. Editing it right down. Um, yeah, it would appeal to me if I was mm-hmm. reading it. Um, exactly. I think that the thing about the print designer, I'm happy to remove it. The reason I had left it in was a lot of the brands that I have written to um, are are um, print heavy. You know, okay. they've got very bold prints in their in their collections. So that was why I had left that in to to sort of leave it a little bit open. But okay. I might go either way. But I'm happy to remove it. It's fine. I think that. Um... It's just, I mean, honestly, it's it would be two different people that you would want to talk to, though. Yes. Right? Absolutely true. Like, yes. the person that's managing their fit and their pattern making is a different person that's that's doing their print. Yes. So, um, I, I think that, that, that I understand what you're saying, and maybe once you get on the phone with the person in the pattern making department, you can get an introduction to the person that would be appropriate for the prints. Yes. I would look I, at I it that I'm, way. Yeah, I'm I'm less worried about the print design to be honest. Okay. I'm, I'm quite happy to keep that as yeah. my little hobby. Yeah. I think that's going to be um it's just going to get you some more quick wins, which I think would be really good. So, mm. um Okay, so I think you you've got the emails. I wanted to ask you too, though. What is your subject line for these emails? Uh, something like, um, well, I can probably check. Um, it, it's along the lines of um, 
student uh, research project, something probably incredibly dry. Um, it just sounds um, really heavy. I'm like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I can't help with a student research project. That sounds like so much work. Yes. What yes, I want you to um, do is change it. Um, the subject line I recommend for, for customer research, tried and true because I've used it myself. And so I'm, I, I just suggest you just swipe it full face is, can I ask you a few industry questions? Okay. It's does, non- Does that not sound a little bit spammy though? Um, oh, I mean, do, 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 do I- you know what I'm- you, you, I don't think so at all, and I've actually had great success. I mean, I got on the phone with the design director at Anthropology with an, this email. Oh, right, okay. I don't well, know if you're familiar then. with the brand. Um, I retract my question then. <laughs> so, so listen, here's what I'll say. You can experiment with your subject line. I'm not here to tell you yeah. it has to be that. Um, but... If you're not getting replies, you need to continually experiment because yes. there's a chance that your email's not even getting open in the first place. And I'm not here to say that your yeah. subject line is better than my subject line, but if we keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, right, that's the definition of insanity. And I've been guilty. We've all been guilty, right? Um, so the student research, I don't know if you're using an email tracker that's allowing you to see if your email's even getting opened. Uh, I'm not. No. Okay, so that's fine. Um, you don't have to, but I would experiment with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds reasonable. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's, yeah, like you say, it's not working for me. As yeah. It is, so I, I should change. And it's interesting. Your reaction was that that felt spammy because I always look at, and I'm not offended on any level, but um, I always think about subject. So, yeah. Sorry, it wasn't meant with any. Offense. It's not, and I don't take it. I I have pretty thick skin, but um. I always look at subject lines as if I were sending an email to a friend. And if I were sending an email to a friend, would I use a subject line? Can I ask you a few industry questions? I totally would. Would I say, um, I'm not sure whatever your subject line might be, student research project looking for some help or I'm not, that's not what you said, but I'm just putting words in the, in, in the subject line for you. Um, yeah. you know, probably, that's probably not how I'd word it. So you can play around with it, but think if I was sending this to a friend, would I actually use a subject line? That's, that's a really right. good sort of litmus test. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Funnily enough that the subject line, it, it did feel a little bit, um, I don't know, uh, uh, cold, I, I suppose, yeah. not very engaging. Yeah, and, yeah, and we want it to feel forgettable. And not only that, I think what it can really come down to is like, it, sound, it just feels like it's going to be a lot of work for me. And I'm like, I'm not signing up for work. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, <laughs> we want to be very yeah. mindful of like, how laborious is this feeling to them? Yes. Yeah, that's um, a very good point. And then beyond the subject line, which I do think is probably putting a lot of dent in your success and re- response rate, um, are you following up to these emails? Uh, n- n- well, yes and yes and no. Some of them I am. Okay. Um, the, the ones that I particularly want to talk to, I am. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's either by telephone or by um, by email, just 
you know, a quick, uh, it's usually just a quick thing to say. I've, I've contacted one brand in particular and, and uh, I can't get a number for them. I think this was something I've, I've mentioned in my, um, in my brief that I can't get a number other than customer services. And um, when I speak to them, they'll say, right, well, email this ad- address, mm-hmm. which I do. And then, you know it's going to fall into a hole. It's just so. a generic email, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So um, that that's that's as far as I've followed up um, because I, I I I don't have any other contacts for them. So have uh, you used any of the tools um, that I recommend inside the course, like Hunter.io or any of the um, the other plugins to try to find a, a more specific email address for an actual person? Oh, I've missed that. Oh, I've you missed have missed that. that. Okay. Um, uh, I, I can't t- tell you off the top of my head where exactly it is in the course, but I'll just tell you right now that the, the quick and easy dirty tool is hunter.io. So literally mm. just go on the website, go to the internet, go to hunter.io. Um, you might have to sign up for an account, but it's absolutely free. Mm-hmm. And it will help you find the find email addresses for actual people. Right. If it's not finding the one that you need for the actual person, it will often at least tell you what their formula is. Is it first oh, okay. name, dot, last name, at, right? So then you can obviously easily figure out anybody's email. Right. That's okay. A very good tip. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's going to be Thank huge you. for you. Um, from there, what I want you to do is follow up. Um, I want to m- make sure a couple things. One, you reply to the original email so that it's below, so that they're not like, what are you referencing? And they have to go dig out some email from a week ago. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, Reply the original email, and, you know, it can be very soft. And I I put a – there's a few – different ways to word this that I put in the course, but it's – in in some of the templates, but it's something as simple as – Hi, name, and then, you know, address them by name. Um, I know you're super busy, so I imagine this might have gotten buried in your inbox. Don't want to, um, don't mean to bother, but just wanted to float this to the top. Let me know if you'd be up for a quick call. Something like that. You address the yeah. fact that they're busy. You address the fact that maybe it got buried. Um, and I like to follow up two more times. So you send the first email, and then you follow up maybe a week later, and then you follow up maybe a week later. You will often yeah. get people on that third follow-up. Because here's the thing. People are busy. And the email gets buried, and they maybe are like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And then the next thing you know, it's an hour later, and 20 more emails have come in, and you got pushed to the bottom. I mean, I talk about this a lot, but, like, I forget to reply to emails from my mom. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And and then it gives you two more opportunities to maybe hit them when they're in the right mood or it's just the right time. Yeah. yeah, Right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's going to be huge for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Any other specific questions on the customer research component? Um. I think that's probably a lot for me to to change and and then test yeah assess afterwards yes yeah so for I sure. think I'm I'm good for the moment that for should, sure that should help okay. a lot yeah I love it um, I think you're going to see a tremendous turnaround in this um, here's the so. other thing that I want to throw out a lot of these strategies that I'm telling you are also going to apply to your pitching. Right, yes. We want to yeah. keep it very simple. 
clear, easy to understand, short, very personalized, very personalized in that first sentence, not just, I just discovered your brand and I love it. Um, uh, one, maybe two sentences about you. Um, I don't know if you, you might not have gone through it yet because you're not quite there, but, but when you do get there, um, you can go through the proven pitch pack bonus and mm-hmm. There's specifically a pitch. Um, there's lots of pitch templates in there you can look through. But I think for you, um, the one from Mari is going to work really, really well for you, that sort of format. You might not okay. even want to look at that one for inspiration on your um, customer research. That is how clean and simple and minimal these emails should be. She yeah. had, She does a really good job. So take okay. a look at hers, even to think about for your customer research emails. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, so I've got a few minutes left um, before I've I've got to jump. But what else do you want to? What else would be like super important for you to um, get some of my help with? Um, gosh. Um, I, I so we've covered the emails, the pitch, um, pattern making, portfolio. Um, so I, I'm guessing what would work is samples of of the, the the look of a pattern I've produced and the end result. It really is, include. yeah. It's really as simple as that. Yeah, that's that's fine. I can I can do that. And in the portfolio critiques, um, there is an entire critique. There's one. Gosh, if there's not two, on pattern making. Right. Okay. So you don't need to watch all of them. Like, just watch that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, and you had mentioned something about doing videos in your portfolio. I'm also doing mm-hmm. some video content to boost my portfolio. I get a little concerned mm-hmm. when I read that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. I w- I'm very concerned about that. Okay. <laughs> also. Yeah. Um, my my course tutor had suggested that I do that, um, and she had have forwarded me some links to people are doing similar things it it, it feels incredibly uncomfortable for me don't I, do I, it i don't know done i don't know what i'm gonna kill it do so yeah honestly kill it i don't I'm know really anyone who has ever done a video for their portfolio um it feels very heavy it feels like a lot of work it feels very overwhelming it's clearly from the couple sentences you've said you're feeling like it's it's a lot kill it yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, but just kill it, and I hope that provides you with some instant relief. <laughs> That's yeah, my shoulders have dropped about three inches. Yes, now. yes. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's great. Um, I think I, yeah, I think that's given me a lot to work on. Okay. And Upwork, I'll I'll try and I'll try and work on my Upwork pitch as well from yeah. from that. Um, um here's that here's the other thing too is. Have you, I know that you're, um, you're, you're maybe the, the client you're currently working with is, is maybe not the best arrangement to, um, from what I can read. Yeah. Um, but that being said, have you like looked at them for an opportunity to just casually thread some customer research questions into your conversations with them? You're already in touch with with someone who is potentially. I mean, I know they're not your ideal customer, but you're doing the exact service for them that you're looking to ultimately pitch. You have an opportunity yeah. right in front of you to just start asking a few more questions. 
Um, uh, y- y- yes, that that would that would be a great thing. Um, but uh, uh, she's she's very new to the industry. She, she's not worked in fashion before. She's it doesn't got... matter though. Okay, okay. Because, uh, well, tell me this: Who's your ideal customer? Is it a startup? Is it an established brand? What do they look like? Uh, I I think probably. Um, longer term, certainly startups, because I think I I think I can offer other parts of me okay. um, as a package, you know, okay. to, to be able to advise or. So, a lot of times, startups are new to the industry; they don't have experience, and so the problems and the questions and the challenges that they face are going to be very, very, very different than these established brands. I mean, you had said you contacted Mod Cloth, which is great. If you want to yes. work for brands like Mod Cloth, I think that's great. But the information that you're going to gather from Mod Cloth is going to be absolutely irrelevant to the inf- to to what a startup needs. Yeah. Yes. So I, I guess I guess it's hard because I don't know what I don't know. Um, you know, I'm trying to work out how how different brands work, how different sizes of of company work, and I. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Correct. You don't know. And that's totally fair. I don't expect you to know, but I'm just here to tell you that a startup brand is going to work very differently than mod cloth or even a brand that has 20, 30, 40, 50 people. Yes. Very yes. different. And so you just said you're, you're more interested in working with startup brands because you think you have more to offer them, which I think is amazing. And so to me, it's actually a no-brainer to say, okay, you know what? Maybe forget these these cold customer pitch, um, excuse me, cold customer outreach emails. Maybe not forget them. You can still do them if you want because um, I mm-hmm. think you could get some value. But now that we spent all that time going through it, um, but first of all, you have a startup customer right in front of you that you already have access to that you can very easily like just thread some conversations or some questions organically into conversations that you're already having mm-hmm. to get some really great insights. If you go to Upwork, those are going to be the types of brands that are on Upwork. Yeah. Right? Um, and so to me, that feels like the path of least resistance. So you can do your do some initial customer research with your current client. Um, the other thing too, I'll say is, is, is in a lot of your, um, your copy, meaning like the emails that you write and stuff that you sent me, I very much read that you're a student and you're brand new and you like literally have no idea what you're doing. And I think (laughs) that you have, you do have an idea. You have a client, you're doing the work, you're getting paid. You've done actual work that is, is, is being, going into production. And so I think, I think with like with the age thing, I think you need to kind of rethink your positioning on who you are as a freelancer and as a pattern maker. So slightly imposter syndrome. I think so. I should know better about. I'm reading it in your, I'm reading it in there. Okay. Okay. Yes. So I yeah. want you to think um, think about that. 
And, and because when you start pitching on Upwork, or if you start pitching on Upwork, which I, I really think you should get, give it an A-plus effort, um, mm. I want you to be mindful of what comes through. Does it come through that I'm a student and I'm brand new? If so, that's going to affect the quality of clients that you get, and that's going to affect the rate. You're all of a sudden going to attract the cheaper clients who are looking for the brand new person that can get it for like the best price. Yes. And I yeah, think understood. then, and you're immediately going to do yourself a disservice because then you're going to be like, well, I'm just getting cheap clients and they're actually really difficult because the cheap ones do tend to be the most difficult. And then you're going to be like, Upwork kind of sucks. Yes. Um, yeah. Alternatively, if you present yourself with a little more confidence and, hey, you know, I'm a pattern maker who has experience working with da 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 da, this type of clothing, that comes off a lot different than I'm a student looking to make a career change. So, so on, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's fair comment. I, I take that on board. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So with Upwork, though, um, a lot of the jobs require you to have experience through Upwork. They do, yeah. Yeah. But that's... I mean, do you, uh, so I have to be honest, I've not actually like been on the platform as a freelancer. I've browsed through stuff, but I've not actually been on there to actually apply. Um I mean, here's what I'll say. Everybody starts with zero experience at some point. Yes. Right? That, that, that's the, the conundrum that I'm faced with. It's, it's kind of, how, how do I get experience of work if, if I'm required to have experience? Okay. Okay. Totally previously. fair. Yeah. So yeah. Um, are you allowed to apply the jobs at all? And it just says experience? You can. You can. So then yeah. you know what you do? You just address that in your pitch. And just add a reference in. Just address it and just say, I realize you're looking for um, freelancers who have experience through Upwork. While I'm I'm still looking to build my my um, you know Upwork profile, I can assure you that I have experience elsewhere um, and would love to to talk to you about your project. What is going mm-hmm. to happen? Let me and I can tell you this for an absolute fact. Because I have hired off of Upwork multiple times for various types of projects. Mm-hmm. The pitches suck. <laughs> They're so bad in every industry, whether or not the person has experience, no matter where they live around the world, in the no matter no matter anything, they are so terrible, Vanessa. Yes. That I will read them. I'm like, copy, paste, copy, paste, this stupid generic pitch, this stupid generic pitch. I have been doing this for 20 years, and I have all this experience, and I can help you, blah, 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 blah. They clearly didn't even – they did not address anything specific about my actual job post in the pitch. They did not um, ask any questions about my project to show that they were um, in – inquisitive about what I was working on. They did not um, even go to one second of effort to try to address me by name. Um, Mm. Dear sir, madam, like they (laughs) suck. They're so bad. So I guarantee you that if you take even 50% of the pitching strategies that I talk about inside of fast, if you look through Mm -hmm. the video in fact, if you only did one thing and you looked through that video of how to get started with no experience and you applied that to to pitching on Upwork, even if they say they want you to have experience, I guarantee you you're going to see results because 98% of the people out there are just doing a shit job. Yeah. So um, 
Here's the other thing I'll tell you too. So one of our very successful students, Eleni, um, who lives in Greece, and she started with no real design experience and she started on Upwork and she exclusively does tech packs. And she right. was telling me that she um, and she earns steady three to $4,000 a month working part-time 10 to 16 hours a week in Greece, which is like an insane wow. rate for the, the, the general wage out there of $1,300 yeah. a month for a full-time designer. And she started from zero. And she told me that she will often look through um, a proposal and even if there's something that disqualifies her, she still pitches if it looks like a perfect job and, and, um, and she's really refined her pitch and she's used all of our strategies. There was a a client who said, um, we want someone local and they were, I think they must've been somewhere in the U S or I'm not sure, but she said they're literally across the, across the world. She goes, they could not have been further away from me. And she still pitched and she got the job and she addressed it. She goes, I I realize you're looking for someone local, but here's what I have to offer. And I think I could be really helpful to you because da, 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 and like address all the points that they've put in the job post. So if they're asking for experience, just address that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's how I got the job that I've currently got because she wanted somebody Local to her, but I'm not local to her. Oh, but it works anyway. Look, so, yeah, there you go. Thing. So, you, there, you know, obstacles and and barriers are going to come up at every stage all the time. And what you have to do is you just have to address them and put the customer at ease as to why you are still a good fit, even though you don't have the Upwork ratings, even though you're not local. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, and, and the fact that you even address it shows, one, that you're paying attention because I'm telling you, most people don't pay attention, especially mm-hmm. on Upwork. The, I'm telling you, the pitches, they're so bad. Um, so that's what I would do. Sounds good, yes. Yeah. Yes, that sounds good. Um, and then the great thing about Upwork is that you can get these first few projects um, and you might have to sacrifice your rate a little bit to like kickstart. Don't go down to anything like obscenely low. Um, what, what would you consider obscenely low? Well, I mean, to be honest, like I have talked with a lot of designers, um, and, and this is U.S. wages, which I think are, are more or less parallel to U.K., um, yeah. who have 10 years of experience, and they're like, yeah, well, I was really trying to get some jobs, so I started offering work for like $15 an hour. I'm like, uh-huh. that's like a minimum. You can make $15 an hour working at McDonald's. Yes. Like that's obscene. You have 10 years that's of experience. What I'm charging you at are? The moment. Mm-hmm. <gasps> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I have a window to, to address that with my current customer, though, because I, I, um, uh, I was going to, um, uh, you know, just just move away from from her, but she she doesn't want me to do that. So I've well, then said, you well, gotta say to we have to make race. this work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I realize you're new to the industry. I don't know, um, you know, your your speed and in, in terms of like, okay, you're charging X dollars an hour. If you're really experienced, you're faster. If you're newer, arguably, you're probably a little bit slower. So I don't. I don't know enough about where you're at to say, like, how much does the final pattern cost? If it takes you 50 hours and it costs however much that winds up being times 15, you know, versus an experienced pattern maker, it might take them 10 hours or five hours. You know, I don't know. I'm throwing out kind of extreme numbers here. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, that comes into play. 
But if mm-hmm. you're still able to produce a quality pattern within an air quote reasonable amount of time, I cannot tell you what a reasonable amount of time is because it depends on, you know, the type of garment and I don't, Complexity. It, of course, and I don't really know enough about pattern making also, to be honest. Um, yeah. I mean, I, gosh, I think you've, and, and pattern making is such a technical skill that so many people don't have. I mean, gosh, I got to be honest. I think you should be charging at least $40, $45 an hour, even though you're new. Yes. Wow. Because here's the thing, too, and I talk about this a lot in the course. There's a perceived value and so much psychology behind pricing. So when someone sees that you're $15 an hour, what do they think? Yeah, she's worth $15. She's probably not that good. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And when they see that you're 40, 45, they're like, oh, okay, that's actually a really, really, really reasonable rate for pattern making. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of pattern makers that charge 75, 100, 150 an hour. Um, oh. I think that that, and I'll tell you transparently because she she mentioned it on the, the podcast interview yesterday, so it'll air. It doesn't air until October or November, but um, Lucia, now she does have a lot of experience, but she's charging $60 an hour for textile design. And textile design, wow. there's so many textile designers out there. So yes. many. And pattern making is a completely different animal like we talked about a little bit earlier. So yeah. I actually think, again, like the age thing, like the experience thing, your price is doing you an insane disservice. Yes. I would never hire a pattern maker for $15 an hour. Mm. I would go, mm, they're, they have no idea what they're doing. I'm probably going to get crap work. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's true. I, I feel I feel compelled to do things very quickly um, to to save the customer money because I know she's a startup brand, uh, and so it's not my problem though. My problem is affording to pay my bills every week. I suppose. Yeah. Um, and you're not yeah. here to like price gouge, but you're here to offer a fair service for a fair price and have it be a win-win situation for both of you. And here's what's mm-hmm. going to happen when you increase your rate to 40 or $45 an hour. You're going to attract a different type of clientele. They're going to treat you with more respect. They're going to mm-hmm. value your time and your expertise more. Um, yeah. it's, just, it's a win-win all around in so it- many ways. It is yes. Is is it um, common practice to uh, pitch as a fixed price? Sure, totally. So if I think I can do it in six hours, then I would prorata that with my hourly rate and just charge it as a fixed rate. Yeah. Um, so Alison Hainis, who's one of our our really really successful students as well, she does pattern making and she does flat rate. Um, uh, I don't know, like, and, and she does a range, right? So you could say, um, you know, my flat rate is between ranges between two to four hundred dollars, depending on the garment, right? Um, and that can, and if you already know how much time it takes you, and you feel really confident with that. So where people get really um, into sticky situations with project rates or flat rates is that they're still not sure how long certain things take you, and then the customer asks for excessive revisions, and and they kind of get a little bit, um, I'll just be blunt, mousy 
to yeah. to speak up to those revisions, and they just keep doing the revisions and doing the revisions and doing the revisions. And the next thing you know, they've put in another six hours in revisions, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, it's too much." And so you just have to be really clear on like what exactly it includes. They get the pattern; it includes one revision. Any additional revisions is going to be billed at my hourly rate of forty five dollars an hour. And then you just yeah. have to be really clear. Not only to present it that way, but then also to uphold that agreement. So that when they start asking for that second, third revision, thanks so much. I'd really love to um, provide the revision, and I really want to make sure that we get the fit right. I want to remind you that you know the original proposal included the one revision, which we've already done. And so I'm happy to do it. I can either put together another project proposal, or we can just proceed at my hourly rate of 45 an hour. I estimate it'll take me about three hours. Something yeah. like that. So you, but you just have to have, you know, you got to stand up straight and have a little bit of that confidence and, and the backbone to have those conversations. And for a lot of people, that's a really hard conversation. Yeah. So that's yeah. where hourly initially can just be a lot easier because if they yes. need more revisions, it's more hours and you don't have to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that's something yeah. I'll leave up to you because, you know, I, I realize you are more mature and you have. Um, more life experience than let's say, you know, maybe someone who's starting out who, and, and that might be an easier conversation for you to have. I don't know. Some people it's uh, still uh, just tough, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem, um, you know, st- straight talking with, with a customer. I think it's, it's harder to um, uh, ad- address what I've already laid out, I guess. That's the difficult one, but that, that's okay. I can do that. Yeah. That's, not a problem. Yeah. So I would do that. Raise your rate. I'm telling you, especially on Upwork, if you go out there for 15, oh, it's going to be a bad scene. Yes. You're going to hate yeah. it. I will. Um, yeah. You're going to get the crap clients. Um, so I really think somewhere around 40 to 45. And I honestly think that once you get a first, your first couple clients, you got, I think yeah. you got to push that to like 60 I think you can raise it pretty wow. quickly. Um, right, okay. And this is just from what I know from like pattern making as a, as a service in the industry in general. Mm-hmm. It's very specialized. Yes, yeah. So. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you were drawing fashion flats, I could see where 15 or 20 an hour because – Anyone, not anyone can draw fashion flats, but like a lot more, it's a lot more accessible to learn just like textiles, right? Yeah. 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 Um, it's quicker to learn. It's easier. It's more accessible to more people. So there's a lot more people that do it, which drives the price down. Yes. Yeah. Um, gosh. And I feel like, you know, all of these things, but you're just, you're, for some reason you're playing really small. Well, yeah, I think, I think because my my customer came direct to the college and I got the job through the college forum uh-huh. um, and she was clearly coming to the college to get somebody sure. who was inexpensive. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was my first job, so I, I kind of don't mind. Totally. Because it was like an inter- a paid internship. Totally. I, I view it as really. So. And you're learning um, and you've gotten experience and you've like figured out how to like manage the project and work with the client. Um, you know, yeah. I'll tell you that Eleni, who I mentioned earlier, who's in Greece and does all the tech pack work, and she's now like making three to four thousand a month, working ten to sixteen hours. Her first job when she started, she did a tech pack for fifteen dollars. Yeah. Wow. So guess what? 
And, and, and then she raised her rates and she got that experience and now she's kicking so much ass. So we all start somewhere. So I don't want you to feel bad about the $15 rate. I think it's great because I do tell people when you're first starting, you need to optimize for learning, not optimize for earning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, That's and true. I do think that like 15 is perhaps a bit low. I think 2025 probably could have been a little bit more reasonable, but don't even worry about it. Guess what? Yeah. You've got it. You've gotten the experience. It's given you some confidence about your skill set, all the things, all the things, all the things. And I, th- but I think it's time now that you make a, a pretty substantial jump. That, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I can tell your professionalism and, and, um, and how you, manage things and carry yourself and, and control projects. I can just tell based on our conversation and based on the correspondence that I've had with you yeah. that despite the fact that you don't have, you know, five, three, one, three, five, ten years of experience pattern making, you still offer a level of, of um, professionalism as a freelancer that warrants a higher rate, regardless yes, of your specific true. industry experience. That's very true. Do you know what yes, I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Profession- professionalism. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. yeah. All right. We sense. have, I have taken up so much of your time, but I really hope this has been helpful. Um, I want to know in the next week, what are your exact action steps? Okay. Um, so I have to revise my emails and pick some other uh, victims for uh, as recipients of the, of my email. And Careful with your wording on... there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, I'm being flippant. I'm sorry. It's okay, but I just I think some of the I'm really nitpicky on words because I think that when we use certain words, there's actually something deeper that's going on, and so I want you to be yeah. really mindful of 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 that, and maybe think about why are you using the word victim, and dig into well, that a little bit. I guess I guess it's um, I, I see myself on the receiving end of, of such emails, and I, I'm not sure I would. If I'm truly honest, I'm not sure I would respond to most of them. And um, guess what? But, some people won't respond, and that's yeah. fine. And some people mm-hmm. will respond. Like I said, I've gotten on calls with people. Yeah. And yeah. and 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 then maybe you're the type of person that doesn't. So that's fine. It's not going to yeah. be. It's not going to. You're not going to have a hundred percent here. No, no. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like you say, it's a mood thing, and and sometimes I would, but mostly I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but no, I'll I'll do the, I'll I'll do the amendments to my email and send them out. Um, I'm also going to make sure that I follow up. Um, I've I'm also going to work on my pitch and have a look at Upwork and give that a good shot, uh, at pitching for some some work there, at a higher rate. Okay. Uh, I'll also be looking at the video on how to start without experience. Uh, and that, uh, oh yes, and my portfolio, um, making that a, a, a little bit more refined at the moment. There's too okay. much in it. I wasn't really sure what to yeah. edit out. So okay. now I know. And um, so arguably I'll say I feel like that's a lot for a, a, a week, but I don't know how much time you have. So maybe you can tackle it all. Um but I would also, I, I would add in there, and then maybe we could reprioritize it a little bit because I think I, if I were you, I would start on certain things before I start on others. Um, yeah. I I want you to also be really strategic about having some conversations with your current client, 
Um, yes. Not even having conversations, but more just organically threading in some of the um, customer research questions into your existing conversations with her. Okay. Or you could even initiate a conversation, just say, hey, you know, um, and, and there's I put scripts for this in, templates for this inside of the course of like how to initiate a conversation with someone that you already know. And so it could just be sim- as simple as, hey, I'm really, um, you know, trying to refine my services as a freelancer and I would love to hop on a quick 10 minute call with you to ask you a few more questions about, you know, maybe what it's been like working with me and, and, um, some of the specific problems that, you know, we're working on solving together, something like that. Well, it, yeah, I've actually, I had a conversation with her this week. Okay. More or less about that. So I can probably use that as, um, as research. Yeah. So you just want to really listen to what she said and think about like, what are the troubles and problems and frustrations that she's having and where is she getting stuck and where does she need support? Because those are the types of things that you'll ultimately want to start threading into your pitches. Right. I see. Right. Uh Uh-huh. So, so maybe you've already had the conversations and I think that that's great, but now it's just going to be a matter of, okay, well, what did she actually say? Yeah. Get that down on paper while it's still fresh. Right. Yeah, got that. So sounds like that's already checked off the list. Then if I were to kind of reprioritize your to-do list to start um, Mm -hmm. for the first week, I would say spend a day and finish your portfolio. I don't think it should take you more than a day. Yeah. Okay. Then I would um, watch the How to Get Started Without Experience video. Mm Mm-hmm. And figure out how you can apply, how you can use those strategies on Upwork. And honestly, I think you can just watch that one video. Like, don't dig through all the other pitching stuff. Just do that one video. I think is going to give you more. It's going to be the eighty twenty to like just get started and get some yeah. get out on Upwork. Then it would be, um, you know, maybe maybe adjusting your Upwork profile using more of the strategies in the course, like talking about how you help brands instead of I I I I I. Talk about you know some of the common struggles and. I help startup fashion brands with their pattern making to make sure that they're they're um, they get a great fit. They minimize sampling and prototypes during the production process, which saves time and money. And to make sure that you know, and I'm just using like generalized um, things that they would want to hear, and yeah. um, and and which ultimately will um, result in a fit that the customer loves and minimize returns. Those are all yeah. things that they want to hear instead of I'm Vanessa and I have been pattern making and I have this and I have this and I have this and I have that, right? And that's what most people yeah. put. Yeah. Right? So you could just quickly adjust your profile to be a little bit more customer centric and then yes. um, start start pitching on directly on Upwork at a rate of 40 or 45. The, the customer research emails that we talked about at the beginning um, that are going to go out to um, the current brands that you've been reaching out to. Yeah. Um, you can do that, but I'm going to tell you, I'll, I'll reiterate, if you want to work with startups, I don't think you're reaching out, you're not reaching out to the right brands. Oh, okay. I want you to reach out to startups. Right, okay. And you can, um, and, and first of all, if you know when you do the Upwork stuff, once you get some of those projects, you can actually use them for customer research. I don't say use as in like using, but you can 
take advantage of the opportunity that you're working with them now and thread some of those customer research conversations into your <clears throat> communication. I see. Yeah. yeah. So okay. then it's like two birds, one stone. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So you might be able to put a pause on the actual customer research cold pitch, cold outreach emails yeah, and just so focus on Upwork. Organic. And then you can do it all in one as you start yeah. talking to these brands on Upwork. Um, and, you know, I I would suggest, you know, you can say to them, like, in, in the original pitch in the application, you can just say, um, if it sounds like we could be a good fit to get to, to work together would you like to hop on a phone call? Because I know yeah. you like to do more in person and phone or, and maybe Zoom. Um, yeah. Would you like to hop on a phone call to discuss the project to see if it would be a fit? I would just go out there and ask him for that phone call. Guess what? Yeah. Then even if you don't get the project, you get on a phone call and you can talk to them. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would put a pause on all the other stuff and I would just yes. focus on, on kind of what I outlined there. Yes. No, that sounds like a good plan. Okay. Here's what I want I you to do. Um, I want you to – are you in the um, peer chat Facebook group? Y- y- yes, I am. Yes. But not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. That's okay. Not really a Facebook user I know, and fan. I'm not either. But, you know, it's <laughs> like – it's we're like beholden to this – damn social network of like, this is just where we put these things because this is where most people are. And I get it. I hate Facebook too. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I think that some of the stuff we talked today could be really valuable to the other students. And so if you wouldn't mind writing up, and obviously this will air um, and, and people will get access to the recording, but I think it would be valuable for you to go in there while everything's fresh in your head. And I think it could be valuable for you to just write a summary of some of the stuff that we talked about and what you learned and how you're going to make some adjustments going forward. Um, and just yeah. post that because I think that other students could benefit from learning some of the lessons that, that we've gone through today. Does that sound good? Most definitely, yes. I'm okay. Delighted to do that. I yes, love it. That would I, be fine. Yeah, yeah, I think you know it's it's kind of you know community is a two way street and it kind of goes full circle. So I always am looking for ways to um, to uh, inspire you guys to get in there and and just kind of give back to each other because that's really how how you know these amazing communities grow and build. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, awesome. And and Facebook for all its evils has to have some positive benefit, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I will say that our peer chat group is very solid. Like I, I'm not in there, but I have glanced through there periodically, and it's all really, really great stuff that goes on in there. Um, and so yes. I get it if you're not there. That's totally fair. I'm not saying you need to be there, but I think since you are already part of the group, I would love if you could just add add a little That's bit of value yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Absolutely, definitely. Amazing, yes, yes. Vanessa. Um, I'm really excited. I think that this is going to make a huge impact on your trajectory. I, I think so too. It's certainly um, it's it's like um, the people that invent really obvious things, and people go, "God, I should have I should have invented that." <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I knew all this stuff. I guess is what I'm saying, but. Until you're told it, you, you don't really know that. You um, do have to be told. I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. sometimes it's like you can't see the forest for the trees because yes. you're just so deep in it. It's really hard. Yeah. So yeah. that's and why I, I'm here. I read that email that I sent out over and over again and I compared it and I thought, well, I'm addressing all the points. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. But but as you read it as a, a whole, it's stepping back, I think, and, and, and seeing all the things. Yeah. 
that you're doing yeah. while you're immersed in it. It's not yeah. so easy to see it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But you're doing I great. Your help. I want you to be really proud of the progress that you have made and what you have done. You've put yourself out there. You've put, you've taken action, you've put in the work and that is not easy in itself. So, um, you know, no. don't feel discouraged uh, about anything. I think you're doing fantastic. And I applaud you for reaching out for the strategy session because I know that this is not always easy for people either to get on a call and, and get a critique that's ultimately going to be aired on the podcast. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all fine with critique. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, it's the way, way we grow and learn, isn't it? It absolutely forward, is. So. so I think you've made tremendous progress in just having some awesome aha moments on this call. And, yes. um, uh-huh, yeah, indeed. I love Thank it. You. Keep us updated yeah. on your, on your progress. You're doing fantastic. I will do. And I'm ever so grateful to you, Heidi, that, um, that you've taken the time to, to speak to me. I'm really grateful to you for that. Of course, Vanessa, I'm happy to do it. Thank you. Yes. And I have to say my daughter is called Heidi as well. So she is, <laughs> she's a Heidi. Oh, I love that. Cause there's so few of us. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So, I always get really excited because yeah, there's really just a, I mean, I've met barely a handful, although ironically my roommate in college who was assigned randomly also happened to be Heidi, which was crazy. Um, uh, that's Yeah. The, the same happened to me at primary school. When I joined primary school, there was two people in my class and the other one was called Vanessa. Oh my gosh. Well. How funny. Same with with Vanessa, but yeah, Heidi's my Heidi is the only Heidi other than yourself now that I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, good choice on the name. I will be honest. Absolutely. When I was younger, I didn't like it because I thought it was like, oh, it, nobody has this name. And now, as I've gotten, <laughs> I mean, I think probably by the time I was a teenager and I wanted to be all unique and different, I was like, I love my name and I still love it yeah. to this day. So good choice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. I love that, Vanessa. <laughs> All right, keep it up. You're doing amazing, and um, uh, so are you. By the way, I'm really grateful for all your material. Oh, it's been you're so sweet. You're so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm. I really love what I do, and I'm so happy to be supporting the industry and and helping you guys um, figure all this stuff out because it's not. It's it can be tricky when you're in the depths of it. It, it is. Yeah. yeah. And and had it not been for stumbling across your your videos. Um, well, I, I don't think I would have continued, to be quite honest. So oh. thank you for that. Oh, well, I'm glad to have given you the inspiration to keep pushing. You're going to do amazing things. You're already doing amazing things. You've gotten that first kickstart, which is huge. And um, yeah. I'm excited to to see where you take this. So keep me yes. updated and keep kicking thank butt. You. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks very much. Of Heidi. course. Lovely to talk to you. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this strategy session and this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. I'll remind you, if you like the podcast, make sure that you subscribe inside of Apple Podcasts so that you don't miss out on an episode. And beyond that, I do want to give a big shout out to my right hand, kick ass everything, everything in the business. She does so much for me and for you guys. Um, Tara, she makes sure the show happens, coordinates all the guests and does so much to get this out into the world. So thank you, Tara. You are amazing. As well as my, uh, husband, Mark, who does all of the editing and the tech behind the scenes to make sure that it sounds good. So you have him to thank for our good production and audio quality. Really appreciate that. 
Um, I don't know if you've listened to podcasts that have poor audio. It's rough. Sometimes you're like, I can't even listen to it. It's so bad. So um, we are really proud of our audio quality and have Mark to thanks for that. So beyond that, if you want to jump on a strategy session call um, and have the opportunity to get one-on-one support for me in your freelance career, as well as get access to all the tools and the resources that you need to kickstart or grow your freelance career. Um, our freelance accelerator program opens a couple times a year. The best time, the best way to hear about that is by jumping on the email list where we will share all the details. Head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance and we'll kickstart you by sending you some of our best free resources. And then a few times a year, we'll let you know when freelance accelerators open and if it works for you, great. And if not, no sweat either. We are so excited to keep sharing the podcast as well as all the other free insights and tips and tutorials and resources that we have to kick ass as a freelancer in the fashion industry to build a flexible life um, and have the freedom to you know carve your own path and work on projects you love and have clients that you're really really excited about while you know doing the work that you're passionate about we would love to support you with that so thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next next episode bye